At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Breaking down every game every day in Major League Baseball. This is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. A warmer for the low. Welcome to Lovey Las Vegas for the baseball betting show with myself, Greg Peterson, now a part of the Beeson Family Podcast. We've got a great podcast for you. It's in the second segment. Going to be going guest free, but I think that now that we're about three months through the season, it is a good time to be able to take some inventory, take a look at some of the most profitable trends that we've been noticing and some of the most and least profitable starting pitchers as well. The old saying in baseball is, momentum is as good or as bad as your next day's starting pitcher. And there have been some guys that have been able to make you a lot of money. There's a lot of guys that have been able to lose you a lot of money as well. So we're going to be diving into that in the second segment. And then in the final segment, going to give you guys picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Sunday. As we touch them all, first things first, always do love to be able to answer Twitter questions on this podcast. And we got one or two ways to be able to those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at GNN underscore E1. Keep in mind, letters yeah, they mean does not matter. So as per usual, please just send these into the timeline, and the other way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to fire whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. Find that five-star review. Did not wind up getting in any Twitter questions today, but had a great day of baseball on Saturday. So let's dive into it. Let's try to find some trends and try to get to know these teams a little bit better. A game from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the Rowdy Recap. They were open to getting runs out there in Colorado. 7-11 as you wound up having the Colorado Rockies win. 11-7. I say 7-11 because they're always open. But that said, for Arizona, pair of home runs from Christian Walker. His 20th and 21st home runs of the campaign. Dalton Varsho, his 11th. And Quetel Marte of the Marte Parte, his 5th. And 
The continuation of Operation Fade Dallas Keiko continues to be terrific. Seven runs, six of which were earned over the course of five innings for Mr. Keiko, including a home run surrender to Brendan Rodgers, his eighth of the season as the Rockies. They went six of seven with men in scoring position as it was a bad night for the bullpen as well. J.B. Wendelkin, three runs given up in two-thirds of an inning. Kyle Nelson gives up a run in his third of an inning of work. Caleb Smith, Luke Weaver, they both give you a scoreless setting. And for the Colorado Rockies, you did have Jake Bird wind up giving up on those home runs in one and a third innings. Alex Kalme, scoreless setting, and Yuli Chassin gives up two runs, including a home run of his own. The battle in L.A. has been going the Dodgers' way thus far. They take their second from the San Diego Padres in the last two days. 7-2 to the final. Tyler Anderson, by the way. Nine wins for this team as he does wind up having a relatively solid start. He winds up through the course of six and a third innings, giving up one run. Bruce Hedder all from their pair of outside the bullpen. Reyes Bonanta gives up a solo run as his ending of work before Alex Vizia gives you a scoreless inning as Luke Voigt was the man that got that home run for the Padres. Tenth home run season, and you Darvish continues to the trend of him struggling on the road and being good at home. His home and road splits ever since he won going to San Diego nearly two and a half points higher on his ERA when he's on the road rather than at home. Got 10 strikeouts but gave up five runs in six innings including a trio of bombs going deep for the Dodgers. Justin turned down for what? His seventh home run season. Freddie Freeman is sent. Will Smith gets jiggy with it for his 13th from there. Ray Kerr gives up two runs in a third of an inning. Craig Sam and a pair of outside the bullpen and Tim Hill was able to deliver a scoreless inning as well. The Cubs have now taken two straight from the Boston Red Sox. A little scoring game in this one. 3-1 to one, the final. Josh Winkowski. It was more like Luzkowski, but not necessarily his fault. Two runs, one of which was earned. Give it up over the course of six innings. Ryan Brazier scoreless setting and Tanner out. He lost one run in his inning of work. Just in case which the Red Sox could do nothing with regards to their hits. One of seven with Ben in scoring position as Alec Mills winds up throwing seven pitches in this one. And then Mark Leiter Jr. in super duper long relief. Five and a third innings. He winds up giving up one run along the way. David Robertson. He winds up giving you four outs out of the bullpen. Scoreless and Michael Gibbons. Two scoreless innings. So that helps out the Cubs bullpen here, right? Because they pretty much went eight and two thirds innings in that one. The Walker Texas Rangers went to New York. They got a seven to three win as it was a nice display of power here from Texas. As Jonah Heim goes deep off of starter Trevor Williams. Over the 11th home run season, Williams serves up a pair of home runs to Cole Cowan as well. His ninth and tenth of the season. And then Tommy Hunter allows a home run to Leody Tavares. His second of the season for Hunter gives up that one run over the course of two innings. Julie Rodriguez gives up a run in an inning as well, but Trevor Williams, not such a great start. Three and two-thirds innings, five runs surrendered, including three bombs. Adonis Medina, two scoreless innings, and Jason Shreve was able to give you an out of the bullpen end for the Mets. They were able to take Martin Perez deep twice. Eduardo Escobar, eighth home run season, and Starling Marte gets his eighth as Perez. Sal gave it up three-plus runs in each out of his last two starts after allowing two or fewer in 11 out of 12, but gets the job done here, giving up those two home runs, three runs in total over the course of six and two-thirds innings. Senate Santana, four outside the bullpen, and then Joe Barlow, a scoreless setting. It was a low-scoring game out there in Seattle. 2-1, to one, the Mariners are able to get it done as Paul Blackburn has this tremendous start wind up going to waste. Six and a third inning scoreless Domingo Acevedo, pair of outs out of the bullpen, but then A.J. Puck allows a solo run in his inning of work, and then Lou Trevino comes in in the ninth, and he did not get an out before giving up a run as Justin Upton wanted getting that home run off of Puck first of the season, and George Kirby, he was pretty incredible in his own right. Nine strikeouts, one walk surrendered, and one run surrendered over the course of seven innings before Ryan Baruki and Diego Casio both give you a scoreless setting for the Oakland A's. They go 0 of 1 with men in scoring position, just four hits. A anemic offense just continues to be anemic, and the Tigers 
Their offense has been dead last in the big leagues in terms of runs, but they got just enough to be able to get it done. 4-3. They take down the Kansas City Rails as it was a 3-2 game going into the bottom of the ninth, and Joe, Joe Plamps, who wanted coming in for the eighth and ninth inning, could not wind up closing it out as he winds giving up two runs in his one and a third innings, giving up a pair of homers to a Detroit Tigers team that entered in this game with 42 home runs in their first 75 games of the season as it was Riley Green who wound up being able to go deep, his first career home run, and then you wound up having a home run off the bat of Victor Reyes, his first of the season. So a pair of guys went in a home run all season long, wound up going deep off of Payams. Chris with the K. Bubich gives up two runs in four and two-thirds innings before bullpen lit the game on fire. Wyatt Mills, a scoreless inning, and then Amir Garrett, Jose Cuas, both give you a pair of outside the bullpen and them for the Detroit Tigers. Bo Bariski, three runs surrendered over the course of six innings before the bullpen, which is out third in the big leagues in terms of ERA, goes to work Andrew Chafin, Alex Lang, Joe Jimenez. I'll give you a scoreless inning. The New York Yankees take a pair from the Cleveland Guardians. Game two was 6-1 to one and was the more competitive of the two. Nestor Cortez gives up a solo run in his six innings of work. Amid Rosario gets a start of the campaign. Michael King, two scoreless innings, and then Wandy Peralta and Clay Holmes tag team to be able to get a scoreless inning in the ninth as John Carlos Stanton and Anthony Rizzo both go deep off of Aaron Savali. Stanton is 20th home run season, then the 22nd for Rizzo as Savali gives up four runs in six innings, including those two home runs, and Yadier Los Santos gives up two runs in an inning, and then Brian Shaw and Sam Entiches both give you a scoreless inning in a game one. Kirk McCarthy, eh, the Guardians have not been doing well in his starts, and he got destroyed. 13-4 the final. McCarthy gives up a home run, four runs in total over the course of five innings as taking him deep, DJ turn it up, LeMayu is eighth of the season, and then things wound up getting really bad as Matt Carpenter takes Anthony Ghost and position player Ernie Clement deep for his seventh and eighth home runs of the season. And Clement also wanted giving up a home run to Jose Trevino, his seventh of the season for Clement. Gives up two solo home runs in his inning work. Anthony Castro gives up three runs, one of which was earned in his two and a third innings. And Ghost, he gives up four runs in two thirds of an inning. And for the Guardians, they got back to back home runs off of Garrett Cole as you end up having Framer Reyes get his fifth home run of the season and Josh Naylor his tenth for Cole. The only two runs they would give up are those two solo home runs over the course of his six innings. Aroldis Chapman, this is a bad sign for the New York Yankees, made his first appearance since the middle of May. He gave up two runs. He didn't get a single out. Walked three guys. He looked terrible. But Ron Maranacchio looked solid. Scoreless inning for him, Lucas Lukey, Ryan Weber. They both give you a scoreless inning as well. The Rays and the Toronto Blue Jays wound up playing a pair, and the Tampa Bay Rays, they swept their pair. 6-2, they wind up taking game one as Shea McClanahan was on his game. One run surrender, 10 strikeouts over the course of seven innings. Javi Guerra gives up a run in an inning, and Phoenix Sanders winds up giving you a scoreless inning as well. Isaac Paredes, 12th home run season and his 7th home run in the last 14 days, and then Wander Franco winds up going deep for his 5th home run in the season. Those wind up both coming off of the long guy in Casey Lawrence, who wound up coming in unexpectedly. Kevin Gosman was the starter Gives up no runs of two innings, did allow four hits, but he wound up getting hit by a comebacker that knocked him out of this game. So Lawrence had to come in in super long relief, five and two-thirds innings, giving up six runs, including those two home runs in the Max Casillo. Gives you four outside of the bullpen. And Tommy Hatch, he wound up getting the starting game two for the Blue Jays. His ERA is now at 1929. That is the year that the Great Depression ended. That is not great. 11 to 5 the final as Hatch. Gives up 10 runs in four and two-thirds innings, including a drill of bombs. Going deep for the Tampa Bay Rays, Francisco Mejia twice, fourth and fifth of the season, and then Isaac Paredes, he would do it again. Eight home runs in the last 14 days for him, 13th of the season, as Matt Gage from there gives you a one and a third inning performance, giving up a run. Sergio Roma, Tim Meza, Adam Simber from there. I'll give you a 
scoreless setting up for the Blue Jays. Pair of home runs, Vlad Guerrero Jr., 19th home run of the campaign, and you wind up having Bradley Zimmer get his second as those both come off of Justin Knight, who probably should not be towing a big league of rubber right now. Two in the third innings, giving up three runs, including those two bombs. But Ralph Garza Jr., two scoreless innings, and Drew Rasmussen for certain quite a while for him. Two runs, one of which was earned, given up in four and two-thirds innings. So the Rays were able to get on track. The Pittsburgh Bears are getting on track. 7-4 is the final. They wind up getting the win after losing 19-2 the previous day. For the Brewers, pair of home runs in this one. Colton Wong gets a sixth home run season off of Chase Young, and Bryce Wilson gives one up to Christian Yelich, his eighth for Wilson. Not a bad start here. Contrary to what he's been doing much of the season as after this game, his ERA was a 7.49, giving up two runs over the course of six innings. J.C. Young gives up the other home run, two runs rendered in one and two-thirds innings. Will Crow gives you an out of the bullpen before David Bernard winds up being able to get the save. And for the Pittsburgh Pirates, seventh win from a starting pitcher all season long. Michael Javis was able to get his ninth home run of the season, and O'Neill Cruz is third as Aaron Ashby was not long for this game, giving up those two home runs. Gave up four runs in three and two-thirds innings. Trevor got he got got giving up two runs in an inning. Chichi Gonzalez, three scoreless innings out of the bullpen, and O.B. Milner, he gives you an out of the bullpen while giving up a run. DK Nation pick up the under in Orioles versus the Minnesota Twins comes through. The Twinkies get a win by a count of 4-3 to three in walk-off fashion as they scored all four of their runs in the final three innings as Jordan Lyles lent a very good start. He gives up a solo run over the course of six and a third innings going deep off of him. Dick Gordon, fourth home run season. Then you would have Ore Palanco wind up getting a home run in the ninth as ninth of the campaign to be able to spearhead a victory. That one winds up coming off of Ore Lopez. Lopez gives up two runs in a third of an inning as Dylan Tate. Pair of outs out of the bullpen while giving up a run. Felix Batista scoreless setting this for a Baltimore Orioles bullpen that is currently sixth in the big leagues in terms of bullpen area. Sonny Gray did not have it in this one, giving up three runs over the course of five innings, including a home run to Anthony Santander, his 15th home run season. But you wound up having Jarrell Cotton give you three scoreless innings and Emilio Pagan. It's not been great out there in the bullpen. Scoreless setting, he picks up the win. The Chicago White Sox, they wind up winning by a count of five to three in San Francisco against the Giants, a Giants team that is not. Not lost very often when Logan Webb has been on the rubber for them. This is a Giants bunch I believe is now 19-2 in the last 21 home appearances for Mr. Webb. As he wound up giving up five runs, three of which were earned over the course of six innings for the White Sox no home runs, but they go two of seven with Ben in scoring position, and Dylan Cease was just a little bit better. Only five innings and only four strikeouts, so an uncharacteristic under on his strikeout prop, but he gave up just one run. That one run was a sole run to Lamonte Wade Jr., his second of the season. From there, Tanner Bakes, two scoreless settings, and then Joe Kelly and Kendall Graveman both come in for an inning. Both give up a run for the Giants. Junior Marte, Jordan Garcia, Jake McGee all give you a scoreless inning. Wound up having the Miami Marlins hit the road and get a W against the Washington Nationals. They also won by a count of 5-3 to three as AC Aguiar. Winds up taking Jackson Tetrielt deep for his 10th home run season for Tetrielt. Four runs given up over the course of four innings. Andres Machado and Steve Ciszek both give you two scoreless innings. So Reed Garrett gives up a run and an inning as Washington. They go just one of six with men in squaring position and couldn't really get to Dan Cassano. Cassano gives up three runs, one of which was earned over the course of five innings. That home run came off the bat of Juan Soto. Up to 15 home runs on the season for him, but still National League MVP favorite coming into the year. It's not been living up to that, but on Saturday, the Miami Marlins did not live up to their billing of being a bad bullpen because Zach Pop, Anthony Bass, Stephen O'Kurt, and Tanner Scott all were able to give you a scroll of saying 
The Houston Astros may wind up being able to take down the LA Angels 9-1, the final for the Angels. Taylor Ward, lone form of offense in this game. 12th home run of the season that comes off of Jose Arikiti, who gives up a solo run over the course of six innings. Seth Martinez, Phil Maiden, and then Ionelli Paredes were able to give you a scoreless saying for LA. Bunch of home runs given up in this one. Patrick Sandoval gives up five runs over the course of five innings. He gave up just one of the five home runs surrendered in this game. Andrew Wants and Aaron Loop both gave up two solo runs in their ending of work before Rocio Iglesias was able to give you a scoreless setting and going deep for the Astros. Martin Maldonado twice, six and seventh home runs of the season. Jose Altuve and Kyle Tucker both get their 16th home run season, and Chaz McCormick winds up being able to go deep for his eighth. This is an Astros team that they played right around 64% of their games. The under, I'll be diving into them a little bit more in the second segment when we take a look at the profitable trends of baseball, but they've been a good under team, but they played both of these games in this series thus far to the over the Atlanta Braves. They played to the under on Saturday, and they wound up playing for a 4-1 to win with Austin Riley being able to get a home run off of Tyler Molly. His 20th home run season for Molly gives up two runs over the course of five innings, so not a bad performance there, but a Reds bullpen that has been just catching Cataclysmically bad. They were cataclysmically bad once again. Revier, Sam Martin, along with Art Warren, combined to give up two runs in two innings. Dodi Maretta, Ross Setweiler both give you a scoreless setting, but for a red team that has been very good on offense throughout the season at home, scoring over five runs per game, just one run in this one. Spencer Strider, an amazing start. 11 punch outs, one run surrendered at six innings before AJ Mitchell, Jesse Chavez, and Will Smith get jiggy with it. They'll give you a scoreless setting in the St. Louis Cardinals. They go to Philadelphia. They get a 7 to 6 victory as you wind up having Nolan Arenado go deep twice, 16th and 17th home runs of the season. Dylan Carlson gets his fifth home run season. Nolan Garwin gets his seventh home run season. And Juan Yepes winds up getting his 10th as Kyle Gibson allowed four out of those five home runs, six runs surrendered over the course of four innings. Corey Knable, Andrew Bellotti, Jose Alvarado. I'll give you a scoreless setting, and Brad Ann gives you a pair of outside the bullpen before Sir Anthony Dominguez gives up a home run in his one and a third innings for the Philadelphia Phillies. They do go four of nine with men in scoring position, but they stranded 10 men on base. Matthew Libertor was not long for this game, giving up five runs while getting just eight outs for the Cardinals, but the Cardinals, they went to work in the bullpen. Junior Fernandez, along Jordan X, make a mind for two and a third inning scoreless. Packy Naughton gives up a run in an inning, but Junior Fernandez, five outs out of the bullpen. Ryan Elsley. Two scoreless innings to be able to get this one to the window for them. And if you take a look at Major League Baseball right now, and we're going to be taking a look at more of the trends of Major League Baseball on the other side. But we've been noticing that the overs are starting to creep back up to 50-50. 567 unders to 539 overs overall for the season. And it's been a favorite sort of season thus far. 60.1% of games have went the way of favorite 699 and 465 straight up. But we're noticing that home favorites have actually done a little bit worse than road favorites. And there are about 140 instances in which a home favorite has won by approximately one run to not cover the run line. 440 and 306 is what favorites are straight up at home, but they have covered the run line just 300 times, and if you're looking at the last 30 days in Major League Baseball, certainly has been quite a bit of favorites being able to 245 and 160, that's 60.5% to the favorites, and overall, over the last 30 days, 187 overs to 188 unders, that is 51.2% to the over. So that's what we're seeing in Major League Baseball right now, and that's what we wound up seeing on Saturday. Now let's take a look at some profitable trends that we're seeing in Major League Baseball, and some starting pitchers that have been able to make you some money, and some guys that you might want to be fading. That roundup is up next right here on the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Dave Peterson, now a part of the Family Podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. 
What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here at Lovey Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson family of podcasts. We're going to be going guest-free today, but... 
Just wanted to give you guys a little bit of a look as to some of the things that we're noticing in general. I do think that it's important just now that we've got a very significant sample size on a lot of these games because, I mean, it's one thing to take a look at profitable teams, unprofitable teams after like three or four weeks of the season. Now we've got more like three months of hard data on these teams and I mean, we've noticed one thing that's very, very big in baseball, and I'm sure that many of you guys have been able to pick this up, so it's not like I'm revealing any sort of big secret, and ironically enough, with the DK Nation pick that is going to be coming up in the final segment, I'm going to be fading this. You've got two teams that have been just tremendously under this season. The Detroit Tigers and the Houston Astros. Now, one seems like it should belong here because the Detroit Tigers, the pitching has been halfway decent for the team. I'm not going to go out there and say that they're the best pitching team out there in baseball, but it's halfway okay, and the offense has been historically bad. As, as the collective, they've got eight fewer home runs than the duo of Aaron Judge and Anthony Rizzo, but the Detroit Tigers have played 64% of their games to the under 46 unders, 26 overs, and a few pushes, but the Astros, I think, really surprised a lot of people because he's still got a guy in Jordan Alvarez who wound up returning on Saturday. He's been able to mash. You've got a lot of guys for the Houston Astros that have sort of been there, done that for all those championship teams that wound up being able to take the AL pennant. 48 unders, 26 overs, and three pushes, which has been so demonstrative. And take a look at the top over team out there in baseball. You don't have a single team that's really above 57%. You've got sort of a four-way tango of teams that have between about a 55.5 to a 57% over rate. The Cincinnati Reds, Philadelphia Phillies, Toronto Blue Jays, and the New York Mets. I think that the Mets might surprise the most people because they play out there on a little bit more of a pitcher-friendly ballpark, but that is always helped by the fact that the totals in those home games wind up being a little bit lower as well. And then we've noticed one trend with regards to an over team in their home ballpark, and that would be the Cincinnati Reds. I wound up noting on my Twitter feed while this was going on, the fact that the Reds wound up having a streak of 25 games in which in 23 of them, they had four plus runs at home. They have been a completely different team home to road. And I do think that home to road splits are always very important. The Reds, they wind up having their totals jacked up a little bit more when they're at home, but it's not like the Colorado Rockies, which is why right now you find the Rockies with regards to their overrated home, right around 52.5%. 21 overs, 19 unders, and two pushes for the Rockies at home, but for the Reds, 23 overs, 14 unders when it comes to at home. And the Miami Marlins, also very pitcher-friendly ballpark, but when you've got teams that are able to make contact, when you wind up having those lower totals, that allows for some overs as well. 20 overs, 13 unders, and two pushes. Meanwhile, the Arizona Diamondbacks have been your top under team at home thus far this season. 14 overs, 25 unders, and two pushes. They're another team that they've got those demonstrative home and road splits with regards to home runs being hit with the Colorado Rockies. It's them um, being able to hit so many more home runs at home rather than on the road. For the Diamondbacks, it's been one of the more pitcher-friendly ballparks out there in baseball this season. As you're going to note that they are getting right around a home run and a half, more like 1.4 home runs per game on the road, less than a home run per game at home. So that has been very interesting to be able to take a look at. We've also noticed a team that has been able to do a great job with regards to run line. I've been trying to give a little bit more shine to this because it has really manifested itself, especially with them playing another one-run game on Saturday. That'd be the Baltimore Orioles. They are 50-29 and 29 on the run line. So whether they're laying a run and half or getting a run and half, and big reason why, that bullpen pitching. Keeps them in a lot of games, even though they might wind up losing a lot of those games, losing by one run. If you wind up taking the run and half, and you're able to do so without laying a lot of juice with the Baltimore Orioles. So I'm sure that there's a lot more people that have been able to cash in on this rather than 
say, a team that might be a little bit more of a, shall we say, short underdog. And by that, I mean like a team like the Miami Marlins that they'll be finding themselves in a lot of spots, more like a plus 140, plus 130, where the Baltimore Orioles, they find themselves in a lot of games, plus 175, plus 180, somewhere in that neighborhood. So I do think that that's something that is interesting to take a look at. And what I also do note as well is on this podcast, you always hear me talk about how the favorites have been doing in terms of being able to cover the run line. As a favorite thus far this season, you've got a few teams that have just not been able to cover the run line. One of them is the Toronto Blue Jays. Out of the times that they have been a favorite this season, 23-38 and 38 on the run line. A lot of that has to do with a lot of games. They wind up finding themselves with a nice lead, and then they've got a bullpen that's currently in the t- bottom 10 in terms of VRA. They are unable to hang on for dear life. The San Francisco Giants bullpen has taken a big fall off as well. They are 24-34 and 34 on the run line as a favorite, and if you're looking for your best team on the run line as a favorite, other than the Baltimore Orioles because they've only had six games as a run line favorite, so any team has been a favorite in more than 10 games. The LA Dodgers, 43-31 and 31 in being able to cover the run line. And this is an LA Dodgers team that, I mean, you take a look at them. They've been pretty solid in terms of bullpen, but I mean, they've been able to cover the run line 43 times, and they have just 48 wins thus far this season. So in all but five of their wins, they have been able to cover the run line as a favorite, which I do think that that stands out to me as being relatively interesting. If you're looking at a little bit more of a pitcher's perspective, because I think that being able to find good pitchers to back and good pitchers to fade, this is always something that you want to be doing as well, because momentum, as we know, is only as good as your next day's starter. You're going to notice a theme with a lot of these pitchers, and that a lot of these guys have been some of your most profitable out there in the league. They're not necessarily on the world's greatest teams, but you just wind up being able to get some good prices on them, and they're able to come through for you. Like, number one is Jameis to tie on, and this makes sense, because he's on a Yankees team that has been amazing, and I get this via Odds Shark. If you bet $100 on the money line of every one of these starters, by the way, this is how much you'd be up or down. Jameis to tie on. 15 starts, you'd be up $739 if you wanted betting him in every one of his starts. Number two, I don't think should become as much of a surprise because Martin Perez has really come out of nowhere. If you bet him on the money line, $100 every one of his starts, plus $736 there. But then you wind up having some more interesting guys like Logan Gilbert is on a Seattle Mariners team that's underachieved, but he has really been their shining star. You're up $581 if you bet on him on the money line in all 16 of his starts. Paul Blackburn. Yes, Paul Blackburn, who has been amazing on the road thus far this season for the A's. If you bet on him at every one of his starts, you're up $649. And then you wind up getting into some of the guys that are on lesser teams like this as well, a little bit further on down the line. And Dylan Cease has been relatively solid for the Chicago White Sox, who are so below 500, by the way. Up $394 if you bet on him in the money line in every one of his starts. Zach Gallon plus $438 across his 14 starts. And Spencer Watkins in 10 starts for the Baltimore Orioles. You're up $363. You're going to notice that you've got more of your mid-range guys when it comes to teams that are relatively solid. That'll be able to make you quite a bit of money as well. David Peterson, Mike Clevenger, if you bet them in every one of their starts, along with Michael Walker, you're up anywhere between $475 and $485. And Eric Fetty, you're also up nearly $500 if you bet on him in every one of his starts. You do have a couple studs that are towards the top, like Joe Musgrove, if you bet him in all of his 14 starts, you're up $569. So that one winds up making a lot of sense, but you're going to notice with a lot of these super stud pitchers, 
you're not necessarily up a lot of money. You're not necessarily down a lot of money with them. Like Max Scherzer is obviously currently on the injured list. If you bet on him in every one of his starts, you're up $202. So you're up a little bit, but it's nothing too demonstrative. For as bad of a year as we could say with Robbie Ray that he has been having, you're up 134 bucks if you bet on him on the money line in every one of his starts thus far this season. You wind up going down the line, someone like a... Taiwan Walker of the Mets, you're up more like $27 if you bet on him in every one of his starts. And then you take a look at the biggest fades out there in Major League Baseball. This should come as a surprise to absolutely nobody, and it's even more profitable if you've been taking them on the run line and being able to fade that run line. Joanna Doan has made 13 starts this year. We are hoping and praying that we get more starts for him because if you've bet on Joanna Doan on the money line in every one of his starts for $100, you're down $1,119. No other pitcher you'd be down more than $978 with a number two, by the way. You're going to notice that a lot of these guys are towards the top of the list in terms of least profitable pitchers. They're not necessarily on good teams. Frankie Montas, you're down $978 if you bet on him in every one of his starts. The lone outlier is really Blake Snell. He is fourth least profitable in terms of starters at Major League Baseball. If you bet on him on the money line in all eight of his starts, you're down $800 because he has just been bad, bad, bad. But Hunter Green is on this list. And then... Patrick Corbin, Dane Dunning, Cole Irvin, Lucas Giolito, Adrian Hauser are your next few guys. So a lot of guys are on lesser teams. Uh, Lucas Giolito, it's just been a case of which his velocity is way down. And we're going to be seeing him on Sunday. I can tell you right now, I don't feel too bullish about him. Adrian Hauser has been having a no good, very bad, terrible year. But then on down the line, you've got a pair of guys for the Kansas City Royals that you're down nearly $500 with. If you bet on them in every one of their starts, Carlos Hernandez, along with Brad Keller, they have been absolutely terrible. You've got guys like and Adam Aller, Revier Sam Martin, that if you bet on them every time they wind up getting a start, well, you just lost every single one of them, so that's not going to be faring too well for you, but you're just noticing in general that a lot of these guys that they're more star pitchers, you're not really making slash losing a lot of money. It's more of these number three, number four starters on bad teams where you can really make a lot of money or you can lose a lot of money based on the way that they're priced and just the way that they're either trustworthy or untrustworthy. Like you say, Kikuchi, for instance, he's made 15 starts thus far this season. If you've bet on him and every one of them, you're down $488. Even though the Blue Jays have been able to do a relatively solid job, he's just been a guy that you haven't necessarily been able to trust. And so I do think that that's something that's interesting to take a look at. And I know that a lot of people, they always ask me about bullpens because they know that that's a big part of my handicap as well. And if you wind up going to MLB.com, you're able to put in there some splits and you're able to put in there just ways to be able to organize the information in general. And they have one for team pitching in which you're able to take a look at just the relievers. This is how I wind up getting my bullpen stats. And just on down the line, the top three bullpens in terms of the big leagues as of Saturday afternoon, in terms of VRA, Detroit Tigers are actually number three. With a 310 bullpen ERA, Yankees and the Astros, they find themselves one and two. This has just pretty much been them trading this spot based on the start. As of right now, it's currently Houston Astros number one, but I think that that's very well known. But the Baltimore Orioles being at number six, I think that this is a surprise to a lot of people. Texas Rangers are eighth in terms of their bullpen ERA. All of a sudden, we've been seeing 
a little bit of a reemergence with regards to some of these bullpens, like the Seattle Mariners are back up to 14th after they were terrible. And you may recall that after about a month, month and a half through the season, the Chicago Cubs were actually a top 10 bullpen in terms of ERA. They're not third worst. Your bottom three bullpens, the Cincinnati Reds, they've got a 567 bullpen ERA. No other team has worse than a 477 ERA. That'd be the Colorado Rockies. That is second to last. And then you've got the Cubs at third to last. But I think that's just so stark what we're seeing there. And for the Oakland A's, they've got an ERA that's north of a 575 over the last 30 days from their bullpen. They're now finding themselves 25th after the first month and a half of the season. They were actually one of your better bullpens out there as well. So those are just some trends that I'm finding. Hopefully you guys want to find this useful. And if not, hopefully you were able to, at the very least, absorb a little bit of information. And hopefully I was able to do a nice dive as to how I wind up finding this information. If you ever do have questions as to how I wind up finding some of these stats, some of these splits, what have you, at GUnit underscore 81 on Twitter. I am always happy to answer questions on the podcast. I always wind up doing that during the first segment of the show. So if you ever have a question, comment, segment, idea, what have you, want to be able to dive into that. But I always think that it's nice to be able to do a little bit of a re-rack, take a look at some of the information that we've got, some of the trends that I'm noticing, and try to turn it forward. So hopefully you guys wound up enjoying this. And if you want to hear a little bit more of this, please do let me know with a little bit of a tweet at me as well, at GNNRSquirt1 on Twitter too, because I'm more than happy to do more of these segments if there is a call for it. But coming up next, it is that time to podcast. I give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Sunday. We have the ball. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. 
Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's it. gonna guard. He don't care about guarding. He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's gonna guard. And then on I'm top of it, like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of it. Like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. 
he says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. Hopefully you guys enjoyed what I did today. We wound up going guest-free, but just wanted to give you guys some profitable trends that we're seeing in Major League Baseball. We now have a nice big sample size. It's been about three months, so I'm able to give you guys something that has some merit now. Not like, oh, it's been a two-week sample size. And if you want to hear more of that, tweet it in at unit underscore D1 on Twitter for that. Now it is that time of the podcast to give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Sunday as we touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do note that as per usual, any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at GNet underscore D1. We're going to be going in Las Vegas rotation order. This is where we wind up going with the National League games first, then the American League games, and any interleague games. Those are going to be at the bottom. That'll keep things all nice, neat, clean, and easy there. So, without further ado, let's dive in with 901-902. The Pittsburgh Pirates are going to be playing us to the Milwaukee Brewers as Brandon Woodruff toes the rubber for the Brew Crew. And Jose Quintana is going to be on the bump for the Buccos. The Buccos are finding themselves between plus 140 and plus 154. Meanwhile, the Brewers are pretty much minus 165 across the board. 7.5 is your total. The under is minus 115. The over is minus 105. And with this total, I did wind up making it a 7.8. Brandon Woodruff looked absolutely amazing in his last start, but prior to that, he had north of a 5 ERA overall for the season and north of a 7 on the road. I know that he was having a tough time having feeling in his fingers prior to that start like two weeks earlier as well. So, I've got my trepidations here. He has given up now one earned run or two in each out of his last four starts, but that dates all the way back to the middle of May as well. So it's been a while for him on the injured list. And for Jose Quintana, he's been very solid this year. Walks are a little bit of an issue. He gives up right around three walks, 
per nine innings while getting right around seven and a half strikeouts per nine innings. You'd like to see that be a little bit lower, but nine home starts thus far this season, a 3-1-5 ERA in Pittsburgh, giving up four home runs in 45 and two-thirds innings, and opponents overall hitting right around at 247, 248 off of them. And for the Pirates, you just don't know what to expect out of this offense on a night and night basis. They wound up getting a touchdown plus yesterday, two days ago. They wound up Scoring just two runs while the Brewers wound up getting 19. But with the Pittsburgh Pirates, you do have some mashers on this team. You've had Brian Reynolds along Jack Swazniski and Michael Perez all give you a three-home run game since Father's Day. So that is very interesting. And then you've got Oniel Cruz, who's been driving in a lot of runs, but he's only getting a 225 along Daniel Vogelback, Diego Castillo, along with Mr. Michael Perez, Tyler Heinerman hitting a 200 or lower at the top of the full Brian Ace. Been able to hit a 260 along with Brian Reynolds and Reynolds over the last three days. He's been able to hit a 300. And then for the Milwaukee Brewers, you don't necessarily have that one guy that's able to hit for average, really, other than Mark Barrasso, who's been able to give you right around a 285. Willie Adamas, Rowdy Tellez, both of these guys have 16 plus home runs, but Adamas is hitting just a 215, and a lot of guys hitting in that neighborhood about a 235 to a 250. You've got Johnny Davis along with Victor Garantini. You're able to throw in there Rowdy Tellez, Christian Yelich, so. Got a lot of guys in that full danger. McCutcheon now hitting a 265. And good news for the Birds is that even though they wound up getting destroyed yesterday with Aaron Ashby not giving a lot of length, Devin Williams along Josh Hader, they are going to be available in this game. Brad Boxberger as a sub-3 ERA as well for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Pretty much all but six of their wins have come out of the bullpen, but the bullpen hasn't necessarily been too terrific. David Benar along Chase Young, both of these guys have a sub-3 ERA. Will Crow in long relief has been solid along Tyler Beattie, but when you wind up getting into the guys like a Chris Stratton, Anthony Banda when he's been out there, Aaron Fletcher, these guys have north of 5 ERA. So, been a little bit of an up-and-down campaign. I did wind up making Woodruff minus 152. I needed at least a plus 152 to take a shot on the Pirates, and we have just barely gone there. So, I am going to be taking a look at the Pittsburgh Pirates because I just don't know if that one start from Woodruff is enough for me to buy back into him. So, going to take the plus price here with the Pittsburgh Pirates. So, my total at 7.8, so you're at 7.5. Going to be looking at an over as well. 903-904 on the betting board. The Miami Marlins to throw to face off against the Washington Nationals. Eric Fetty Wap going to be going for the Nets. And one Pablo Lopez is going to be on the bump for Miami. Miami find themselves hanging between minus 125 to a minus 135 favorite. Plus 110 to a plus 125 is your price on Washington. 8.5 is your total. Over is minus 115 and the under is minus 105. And I'm going to lay up to a minus 133 with the Miami Marlins. Pablo Lopez did wind up taking a comebacker a few weeks ago. And ever since then, he's been a little bit up and down. But overall for the season, Lopez has been able to go out there and do a solid job. Giving up two and a half walks and one home run per nine innings with a 298 ERA. On the road, it's been a little bit more shaky. 347 road ERA compared to a 241 ERA at home with seven out of his set home runs coming away from home because Miami is a little bit more pitcher friendly, but still has been able to do a good job. And Eric Fetty hasn't been the worst in the world. He's not a guy that's going to go out there and give you a bunch of swings and misses right around six and a half strikeouts per nine innings, but has kept the ball in the yard, giving up one home run per nine innings. The big issue that you've got with him is walks. He gives up a little bit over four walks per nine innings and has actually been worse at home. 485 home ERA, 389 ERA on the road. And the big issue with his walks is that the Nationals, they don't back him up with a good bullpen. And it's going to be an issue if he can't wind up landing a lot of length as Erasmo Ramirez. It's actually been a little bit better recently as he, Kyle Finnegan, both have right around a 4-2-ish ERA. But Andres Machado, Steve Ciszek, both of these guys north of a 4-5 ERA. You really haven't had... Guys like Francisco Perez that they've given innings to really do much of anything for the team. And for the Miami Marlins, it's been a little bit of a similar issue for them as Anthony Bass has been able to do a solid job for the team. Steve Oker is someone that I do like, but guys like 
Zach Pop, throw in there Tommy Nance, Richard Blyer. They have been a hot mess out there in the bullpen with North of a 4 ERA. And you do take a look at this Miami Marlins lineup. And you have a couple guys that are able to get on base for you. John Birdie back in the fold for this team. He's hitting well above a 260 for this bunch. Aces Aguiar has been a little bit in and out of the fold. He wound up getting his 10th home run of the season yesterday. He's now been able to hit right around a 250. Uh, Star Bats have been struggling a little bit. Asu Sanchez. Ore Soler, who's been out for the last few days. Avicio Garcia, you're able to throw in there. Jacob Sellings, all these guys are going to get 225 or lower. But you do have Jazz Chisel limiting at 250 with a double-digit amount of homers. And for the Washington Nationals, this team is last in the National League in terms of home runs. And Juan Soto's having a bad year. I recognize that he's got a 378 on base. But you expect more than a 224 batting average and 14 home runs. Out of them, you do have quite a few guys getting on base. This is a national team that they rank in the top eight of the league in terms of batting average. Mikel LaFranco, Nelson Cruz, Key Badawis, in between about a 245 to a 255. Cesar Hernandez in a 260. Yadier Hernandez in a 270. And then you've got Luis Garcia hitting above a 300. But they just haven't been able to turn that into any power whatsoever. Nelson Cruz way down with his home run numbers. Eight thus far this season. 45 RBI is nice, but still, you need a little bit more there. So I do think that Pablo Lopez going to do a good job with being able to keep the ball in the yard in this spot. It's been a little bit more shaky for him recently, but I do think that he's going to come out, give a good start. I did also want him saying my total at an 8.6 because you do have a Nationals bullpen and a Miami Marlins bullpen for that matter as well. I've been very, very shaky as well. So looking at an over, I'm going to lay up to minus 133 here with Miami. 905-906 on the betting board. The Cincinnati Reds, yes, we are in a Cincinnati, and they're going to be playing on the Atlanta Braves. Charlie Morton is going to be on the bump for Atlanta, and Luis Castillo is on the bump for Cincinnati. Nine is your total over and under, both at minus 110. With the Bravos, anywhere between minus 144 and minus 155 is what you're laying. Between plus 133 and plus 140 is your price on the Cincinnati Reds. Needed at least plus 138 to take a shot on Cincinnati, and we have been able to get there with Luis Castillo. He's actually been relatively solid since coming off the injured list thus far. It's been a case in which the walks have been still a little bit of an issue for him, but compared to what he's been able to do for the rest of his career, it's not too bad. Right around 3.3 walks per nine innings. That's about what you can expect at Luis Castillo. He's only given up four home runs in 57 innings thus far this season. You take a look at Castillo in Cincinnati. It's been a little bit of a mess. 5-1-4 ERA at home compared to a 2.25 on the road this after for pretty much the entirety of his career. He had a home ERA that was more than a full point lower than his road ERA. I do think that this is going to rain in a little bit as opponents are just a 2.22 off of him in Cincinnati. And then you take a look at Charlie Morton. He wound up giving up three plus runs in eight out of 11 starts. And ever since then, it's given up a combined four runs in his last three starts. That spans, I believe, 20 and two-thirds innings. He's given up just four walks in that time span. His swing and miss stuff has been good as well. 25 punch-outs in those three starts. So it's been a big turnaround for him, but he still has a 532 ERA overall this season on the road with opponents seeing a 283 off of him when he is away from home. Now, he's getting swings and misses a little bit over 10 strikeouts for nine innings, and he's back to buy a bullpen of the Braves that is tops out there in the National League. You are dealing with a couple of ailments for this team. as Asus Cruz. He is not going to be available for this game. Darren O'Day, Will Smith, both of these guys have been a little bit up and down in Jackson Stevens. He's got an ERA north of a four over the last 30 days, but Jesse Chavez has been able to provide a sub-3 ERA. Dylan Lee has really been able to do a nice job in a long relief role, and for Cincinnati, the the ballpark has been pretty much the most hitter-friendly aside from Coors Field thus far this season. You take a look at the ballpark factors and things have wound up going way up, which is why the Cincinnati Reds are hitting nearly 40 points higher at home than they are on the road with nearly two runs per game or when they are at home rather than on the road. And you just take a look at 
some of these guys. Albert Tomara Jr., Tommy Pham, both hitting in that neighborhood about a 260. Brandon Drury has been able to go deep 15 times. He's hitting a 270. Now the team has Jonathan India back in the fold. Joey Votto right around a 340 on base ever since he wanted coming off of the COVID IL. Nick Senzel had been banged up for much of the season, but he's been able to come back and since his return, he's been hitting nearly a 300, more like a 290. So he's been able to do a solid job there for the Atlanta Braves. This is one of the best home run teams out there in the big leagues as you've got so many guys that will be able to take you deep. Matt Olson has been struggling a little bit with the power, but now he's up to 12 home runs. Has right around a 345 on base. Ronald Cunha Jr., 380 on base. Batting average is up there as well. Dansby Swanson has done a nice job being able to supply 14 home runs, hitting a 300. Austin Riley's up to 20 home runs. Marcelo Zuna, William Contreras, they're both able to give you the deep ball as well. Michael Harris, the second, out there in the outfield, hitting a 315. And even Orlando Garcia, the understudy for Ozzy Albies, he has come in. He's hitting right around 275 for this bunch. And the Reds, they are dead last in terms of bullpen area. Alexis Diaz is currently out the full. Jeff Hoffman has really been your lone reliever that you can trust in as so many of these guys, like a Luis Sessa, you're able to throw in there Art Warren, Hunter Strickland, Revier, Sam Martin, all these guys are north of a 4-5 ERA. Joe Kunal up to a 7 ERA. Hard to have a lot of faith in them, but I do think that Luis Cassio going to be able to land a little bit more lengthier than Charlie Morton. I do think that Cassio going to be able to rein it in a tad bit more. He's been getting a little bit unlucky on balls in play at home, so I'm willing to take anything north of a plus 138 here on the Reds. So we're going to be looking at that, and with the Reds, this is a bunch that they have been able to average over five runs per game at home. The Atlanta Braves are doing a great job of being able to put bat to ball as well, so I do think that this is going to be higher scoring games than my total of 9.4, so looking at the 9 over and looking at the Reds. 907-908 on the bang board. You've got the Arizona Diamondbacks. They're going to be in the road. They're going to be facing off against the Colorado Rockies. Chad Cool is going to be going for the Rockies, and Zach Gallen is going to be on the bump for Arizona. Arizona is between a minus 115 to a minus 120 favorite. Any between even money and plus 109 is your price on Colorado. 11.5 is your total over and under are both at minus 110, and I did wind up saying my total at a 10.7, so I'm going to be taking a look at the under, especially with the way that Zach Gallen has been able to pitch for the entirety of the season. Now, with Gallen, it has started to regress on him a little bit. He's given up two plus runs and now six out of his last seven starts, but he's really only given up more than two runs three times this season, so he can look at it one of two ways, and this is someone that he's got a little bit of experience going two cores facing off against the Colorado Rockies, so I do think that that is going to serve him well in this instance. Except for Zach Gallen, what has been key for him has been limiting the walks right around 2.4 to 2.5 walks per nine innings, so he's been able to do a nice job of being able to hold down the fort with that regard. Swing and miss stuff has been down a little bit more in recent games. He's at right around eight half punch shots per nine innings as far as the season, but I do think that he's going to be able to do a solid job there, though obviously strikeouts typically they are a little bit down when you do wind up going to Coors Field. And then take a look at Chad Cool, the offseason acquisition from the Pittsburgh Pirates. He's been very good at Coors as far as this season. In six starts, 248 ERA. He's given up three home runs over the course of 36 and a third innings. And his walks have been significantly better at Coors rather than on the road. On the road, he has been giving up 23 walks in 41 innings, six walks in 36 and a third innings at home. And for the Colorado Rockies, you've just got so many guys in this bullpen that they perform significantly better when they are at home rather than on the road. Like a even for instance, Lucas Gilbreth, his ERA is nearly three points lower when he's at home rather than on the road. Justin Lawrence sort of falls into that fold as well. You've been able to get some good innings out of Daniel Bard all season long, a 2-1-2 ERA. Alex Calme as a sub-3 ERA whenever he's been out there as well. And for the Colorado Rockies, got a team that they had nearly 40 points higher whenever they are at home rather than on the road. And even bigger than the batting average is a power. This is a Rockies team that they get right around 
2.25 home runs per game at home. A half a home run per game on the road. C.J. Crone out of his 17 home runs entering into Saturday. 13 have come at home. Brandon Rogers, all seven of his home runs have wound up coming at home. You've got some pretty demonstrative home and road splits with even someone like Randall Gritchick as well as six out of his eight home runs have wound up coming at home as well. Some, so many of these guys for the Rockies, they just hit significantly better when they are at Coors and for the Arizona Diamondbacks. This team is in the top five in the big leagues in terms of home runs per game on the road. You've got Jordan Luplo is getting a home run every 11 and a half bat- bats. Now, you got our Arizona Diamondbacks team that they also are doing a poor job of being able to put the ball in play as you wound up having four guys in the starting lineup yesterday that entered into Saturday with a buck 78 or lower batting average with Luplo being one of them. Christian Walker barely avoids that. He and Geraldo Perdomo entered into Saturday's game hitting a 201, but with Walker 19 home runs and got a pair of bullpens that they do rank at the bottom 10 in the big leagues in terms of ERA now with the Colorado Rockies. Over the last three weeks, it's been a little bit better, but I did also align the fact that their home and road splits are very interesting. And for the Arizona Diamondbacks, you do have guys like Mark Belance and Noya Ramirez, Caleb Smith that you don't necessarily trust him, but you've been able to have some good innings out of Kyle Nelson's up to ERA. Joe Manana typically sub-3 ERA. Ian Kennedy a little bit up and down, but he's able to give you a couple good innings as well. Zach Allen has been giving up more runs recently, but still hasn't necessarily gone off the rails. He's been able to do a better job in terms of the walks. I do still have my question marks with Chad Cool as well. It's been a little bit of a small sample size from at home, so I'm willing to lay up to a minus 130 year with the Arizona Diamondbacks, so I'm going to be taking a shot on them. So my total at 10.7 with the starting pitching matchup, so going to be going under as well. 909910 on the betting board. LA Dodgers at home against the San Diego Padres. Mackenzie Gore is going to be going for the Padres, and Clayton Kershaw is going to be on the bump for LA. LA is finding themselves anywhere between minus 173 and minus 180 favorites. Meanwhile, if you take a look at the pods, it's saying we're team plus 155 and plus 165. 7.5 is your total with the over finding itself with a minus 115 juice and the under is minus 105. And I did wind up saying my total at 7.9. I'm going to be taking a look at the over. And if you take a look at Clayton Kershaw, if you date it back to the final month of the 2020 season at home, he's been giving up right around 1.3-ish home runs per nine innings in L.A. He certainly has been giving up a little bit of the deep ball now. The good news is he is going up against the San Diego Padres team that they have not necessarily been able to do the world's greatest job of being able to go deep as Manny Machado currently the only guy in the starting lineup that has been able to give this team a double-digit amount of homers. So you've got a couple guys that have been able to get on base. Find them, Jose Azucar, Jake Cronenworth, Jerickson Profar. These guys are in between about a 240 to 250. And then Austin Nola, Luke Voigt, awesome Kim, in between about a 220 to 230. So they're really going to need Manny Machado to step up, especially with Eric Hosmer being a little bit up and down, missing a couple games along the and Bizarre sort of being in and out of the fold as well. Though I will say this, for the LA Dodgers, Mookie Betts has been missing for the last few weeks, and that has really affected this offense at the top. You do have a pair of guys, Freddie Freeman, Trey Turner, that are both hitting above a three, and both of these guys, he combined 20 home runs going into what we wound up seeing on Saturday, but don't have a lot of firepower in terms of this lineup, as with Betts out of the fold, Will Smith with his 12 home runs, that currently leads the way. He and Chris Taylor have been able to do an okay job of being able to get on base with Taylor and right around 245. Gavin Lux has been able to do a solid job, but guys like Cody Bellinger, Justin Turner, Max Muncy, they've been in for rough seasons. Both of these teams good, but not great bullpens when it comes to the LA Dodgers. It's been the lesser guys that have really been able to step up. Yancey Almonte has a sub-2 ERA, been able to get some good innings out of someone like Ed Evan Phillips with a 2 ERA, Alex Vecilla right around a 3-3 ERA. Meanwhile, Craig Kimbrell, he's posted up right around a 3-8 ERA. Bursarder Gradwell sort of in that full as well. And then for the San Diego Padres, Taylor Rogers has been able to give you 20-plus saves, but his ERA has been a little bit all over the place. You have been able to have Craig Salmon really be able to step up for this team. He and Luis Garcia have been able to do a solid job. Garcia seen a little bit of regression recently, but by and large, been able to do an okay job along Steven Wilson, but I do have some question marks when it comes to the 
hitting of the San Diego Padres. But with that said, Mackenzie Gore, whenever he hasn't faced off against the Colorado Rockies, it's been going quite well for him. Now, the Colorado Rockies really got him, and they wound up getting him twice. But in games not against the Colorado Rockies, he's got a sub-2 ERA. So that's actually been very interesting to take a look at because he wound up giving up 14 runs in those two starts against the Colorado Rockies. His other three starts really since May 29th, zero runs. So I don't necessarily know what to make out of that. I do think that... Perhaps the Rockies might just have his number, but that is something interesting to take a look at him for Clayton Kershaw. Overall, he's been okay this season. Like I said, he does wind up giving up the deep ball a little bit more at home. He is coming off a rough start against the Colorado Rockies, so I guess both of these guys have a little bit of bugaboo there. Throughout. Both of these guys stats against the Colorado Rockies, and both of these guys are staring at right around a two-ish ERA with Kershaw still getting swings and misses, nine and a half strikeouts. For nine innings, I needed at least a plus 160 to be able to take a shot here on the Padres, and we have been able to get that. I do think that there is a little bit of something to the Rockies being that bugaboo team for Gore, so I'm going to take a plus price here with the Padres. Set my total at a 7.9 as this is going to be a little bit more of a daytime game out there in LA, so the ball should be flying a little bit more. So looking at an over, and I'm going to be taking a look at the Padres. 9 11, 9 12 on the betting board. You've got the St. Louis Cardinals. They're going to be on the road. They're going to be facing off against the Philadelphia Phillies. Zach Whelan and Dylan Wheeler is going to be going for the Phils and Adam Wainwright. Waino is going to be on the bump for St. Louis. St. Louis is finding themselves as an underdog anywhere between plus 115 and plus 118. Meanwhile, for the Phils, it's anywhere between minus 127 and minus 135. Seven and a half is your total. Over is minus 120. And the under is even. I did wind up setting my total at an 8.2. So I'm going to be taking a look at an over. You've got Zach Wheeler who has been just absolutely dynamic at home. On the road, it can be a little bit touch and go on for Wheeler. He did wind up giving up two home runs in his last start. But even with those two home runs surrendered, just five in 81 innings thus far this season with a buck 85 ERA whenever he's been in Philadelphia. It took him like three or four starts to be able to get things going to begin the season because he wound up having a truncated spring training. Things just wound up hitting a big giant wall with him, but other than that, he has been able to do a tremendous job this season. And for Adam Wainwright, he had a little bit of a difficult time with command to begin the season, but he has now been able to do a really good job of being able to hone it in and not being able to give up a lot of cheap walks. Overall for the season, Wainwright has given up about 2.6 walks per nine innings, but you take a look at it recently. Four walks in his last four starts. Now, I will say this. He's given up three plus runs in three out of those last four starts, but still, the St. Louis Cardinals have been able to win four out of his last five starts, and as a matter of fact, if you want to go back a little bit further, they've been able to win eight out of his last ten, so they have been very good whenever he has been on the mound, even though Adam Wainwright had his advanced age right around seven half straight cuts per nine innings, opponents are getting a 256 off of him, but does a good job of being able to keep the ball in the yard, gives up only about one home run per nine innings on the road and at home. That winds up dropping to more like .4, so he has been incredible, and he's backed up by St. Louis offense that been able to do an amazing job of being able to reach base all season long. Paul Goldschmidt is hitting nearly a 350 right now, and he is approaching 20 home runs. It has been a very impressive season for him. Nolan Arenado, back-to-back nights with a home run. He's hitting nearly 200 with 16 bombs. Juan Yepes is hitting at 280. Tommy Edmond has been able to 270. Nolan Gorman is getting on base for you. Dylan Carlson, a long Gorman. Both hitting about a 255 to a 260. And for the Philadelphia Phillies, though they are missing Bryce Harper, offense still has not been bad for the team as just up and down. You've got consistency with regards to this lineup. Yario Munoz, Matt Veerling, Odubo Herrera. You're able to throw in their Nick Cassianos, JT Ryumuto. 
Johan Camargo throwing the Reese Hoskins as well, lying between about a 240 to a 252. Hoskins has been about a 300 with right around 78 home runs over the last three days. Kyle Schwarber only in about a 220, but 20-plus home runs out of him thus far this season. And for the Phillies, bullpen has been a little bit better for the team. Corey Knebel has been used a little bit earlier in games, and it seems to have worked out from right answer. Anthony Dominguez are guys that I trust in towards the back half of games. Now, when you wind up getting into Nick Nelson and company at that time, as he too terrific covers the St. Louis Cardinals, it's really been a lot of the veterans. They have not stepped up for this team as they just weren't able to get good innings with TJ McFarland and company were out there. They have a deal with a little bit of an injury to Genesis Carbera, but Junior Fernandez has come in. He's been able to give you some good innings. Now they've got Jordan Hicks, and I think that he's going to be used out of the bullpen coming back into the fold for this team, and if not, that means that you're going to have more long relievers like Packy Naughton that are going to be able to give you some good innings as Zach Thompson as well. So I do think that it's a little bit of an interesting spot. I think after he wanted giving up two home runs, Early in his last start, Zach Wheeler is going to be able to bounce back in this spot. I wound up saying the Phillies at a minus 146, and we just noticed this. Favorites on Sunday Night Baseball, they seem to do really, really, really well. I have no idea how. I have no idea why, but I know that Josh Applebaum at Vison has taken a look at this, and it's a high hit rate when it comes to favorites on Sunday Night Baseball. I do wind up saying this. Minus 146 with the Phillies, so I'm going to be willing to lay it. Maybe my total at 80.2 as well, so I'm going to be looking at an over. 9-13, 9-14 on the main board. The Kansas City Royals, they throw it to face off against the Detroit Tigers, Tariq Skubal is going to be going for the Tigers and Brady Singer is on the bump for the Royals. The Royals are finding themselves about a plus 105 to a plus 113. Meanwhile, for Detroit, it's anywhere between minus 120 and minus 125. 7.5 is your total. The under is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 120. The over is anywhere between even and minus 110. And with the Detroit Tigers, I did wind up making them a favorite of minus 132, so I'm going to be willing to lay it with Tariq Skubal. It has been certainly a little bit of a downer from recently, but I do think that he's going to be in for a good start, especially against the Kansas City Royals team that they've been having a tough time being able to generate much offense all season long, even against Wobriski. Yesterday, they were having a really rough time with it as Salvador Perez is currently on the fold for the scene, which means that you've got Nicky Lopez, MJ Melendez, along with a little bit of a newer gentleman in Vinny Pasquento, who are all in the starting lineup, hitting below a 220, and then with Merrifield, Bobby Wood Jr., they're in between about a 230 to 240. Witt has been able to give you a double-digit amount of homers, but he's really the only guy in the starting lineup that has been able to do so, and you're He's hitting a 300, but not a lot of power with regards to this team, and then you do take a look at the Detroit Tigers, and I mean, you've got an early game, as this is going to be the Peacock game that starts at like 9 o'clock a.m. Pacific time, and you've already got bats that are sleepy even during the middle of the day, as Eric Oz, Sophie Baez, Jimmy Candelario, Jonathan Scope, Cody Clements, Spencer Torkelson. Shall we go down the list of guys hitting a 220 or lower? And I'll be biased with the seven home runs. That currently leads the team. And just to put it to you this way, with the Detroit Tigers right now, they've got as a collective 42 home runs. Anthony Rizzo and Aaron Judge as a collective entered into Saturday with 50. I mean, boy, you've got Miguel Cabrera hitting a 300, but it's not necessarily been too great. But even with both of these struggling offenses, I do have a little bit more faith here in Tariq Skubal. Skubal has been able to do a good job keeping the ball in the yard, giving up right around .65 home runs per nine innings. His walks per nine has been solid as well. He's given up right around 2.3 walks per nine innings. He's been able to get nine and a half strikeouts per nine innings. He's given up three plus runs at each out of his last five starts. But look at the competition he's facing. The Giants, uh, the Boston Red Sox, Toronto Blue Jays, Texas Rangers. So he has been facing up against some relatively solid teams. And for Brady Singer, he did wind up having to go down to the minor leagues a little bit earlier this year, and he himself has given up three plus runs, and now three out of his last four starts, he wound up having a really good run of it, and then things wound up reverting a little bit from there. Now, one walk or fewer 
in four out of his last five starts, but that one outlier, he did wind up giving up five walks in, and he's actually been better on the road than he has been at home. 386 road ERA compared to a 458 ERA at home, and he's only given up two home runs on the road thus far this season as well, but still, he has been giving up overall right around 1.6 home runs per nine inning. Strikeout per nine stuff, it's not necessarily too bad. Eight strikeouts per nine, but the Detroit Tigers have a big advantage when it comes to bullpen as well. They rank in the top seven in the big leagues. In terms of bullpen ERA, Alex Lang has been able to give you a sub-two ERA. Now, he did wind up getting used up yesterday, but with that said, you've still got someone like a Willie Peralta, who's been able to give you a sub-2 ERA. Michael Fulmer, a little bit of a failed starter, has been terrific. And for the Kansas City Royals, you got Josh Amon, who's currently on the injured list. Scott Barlow has been relatively solid for this team, but you have no faith in Taylor Clark, who's got north of a 4 ERA. Amir Garrett has right around a 6 ERA, so you've got a lot of guys that are not necessarily so terrific in this bullpen. And you do have a very early game on Peacock, so that makes things all the more interesting. I'm willing to lay it here with the Detroit Tigers, but to making them a minus-132 favorite. I do think that things are going to be a little bit higher scoring with the way that both of these guys have been in poor form. I do think that we are going to be able to see perhaps the bats be able to arise a little bit more in this early game as well. And I could see a scenario where we do wind up getting extra innings as well. So I'm going to be looking at the 7.5 over, set my total at 8.6. So we're looking at the over, and I'm going to be looking at the Tigers. 9.15, 9.16 on the bang board. You've got the Tampa Bay Rays in the road face off against the Toronto Blue Jays. As Ross Tripling is going to be on the bump for the Jays. And Shane Boss, the boss, is going to be on the bump for the Rays. 8.5 is your total. Over is minus 115. The under is minus 105. And with Toronto, it's anywhere between minus 125 and minus 135. Between plus 115 and plus 120 is your price on the Rays. And with the Rays, I was willing to take them if I was getting at least a plus 145, and we are nowhere close to that. I think a lot of people forget that with the Tampa Bay Rays, because of having to travel to Canada and their local restrictions, they wound up having to leave a few bullpen pieces at home, which meant that they had to mix and match in terms of who they were able to bring along. Now, with the Toronto Blue Jays, they really had to dive deep into their bullpen yesterday. They had a double dip, and Kevin Gosman, who you thought was probably going to be able to give you seven plus innings, he gave you two because he wound up getting hit by a comebacker. That was not necessarily too terrific, and as a result, the Tampa Bay Rays were able to get some runs up on the board yesterday, but with that said, going into the double dip yesterday, this has been a race team that's been in the bottom eight of the big leagues in terms of just being able to get runs up on the board. With that said, though, you now have Wander Franco back to full. He, Randy Rosarena, they're in between about a 252 or 260. You don't necessarily have a lot of home run hitters on this team, as Isaac Paredes is 11 home runs. That currently leads the team, and he's really been able to pick it up recently, and you do have G-Man Choi along the NDDS hitting for nearly 390 on base, but Bidel Brujan, Brett Phillips, Taylor Walls, the entire catcher spot, all these guys, and a 200 or lower, that's been tough, and for the Toronto Blue Jays, Alejandro Kirk, don't call his name, he's sitting above a 300, he's been absolutely amazing for the team, Teoscar Hernandez over the last three days, he's been hitting above a 300, and then you've got Bobachet, Flagler Jr., George Springer, all the top of the fold, hitting between about a 255 to a 265, all with a double-digit amount of bombs, including Flagler Jr., being able to give you 18 now with the Blue Jays, just a rough bullpen in general, and having so much use on this bullpen, not necessarily great, but I mean, because they wound up getting blown out in game number one, that means that guys like Tim Mays and David Phelps, they're a little bit more rested for this game, so that's actually a little bit of an advantage, and then for Ross Stripling, he's been able to do a terrific job for this team ever since he's been pretty much called up as a starter. 3-1-2 ERA, he's given up a right in the neighborhood about .6 home runs for 9 and 8 home and road splits, relatively equal. 3-14 home ERA, 3-10 ERA on the road, so he's been able to do a nice job being stable. Opponents are getting a .228 off of him, and for the Boz, he wound up having a rough first start of the season, but ever since then, he has given up two earned runs over the course of his last three starts, spanning a little bit over 16 innings. 
He's given up four walks in that time span. Does a really good job of being able to get some swings and misses as well as in that time span. This guy's been able to get 19 strikeouts in those 16 or so innings. So this guy has been terrific. The one question is, length, is he going to be able to run that? Because with the Tampa Bay Raiders, they're having a mix and match in terms of the bullpen, Jason Adam. He's got a sub-2 ERA. He's been terrific, but they had to bring along Javi Guerra along with Phoenix Sanders because they had to mix and match. In terms of this bullpen, Jalen Beeks is able to give you a couple innings. He's been solid, giving you a sub-250 ERA. Calvin Fodger, don't necessarily have a lot of faith in him, and Ralph Garza Jr. is able to give you a couple innings as well. But with that said, I do think that Ross Ripley going to be able to come out, give a good start, and I just have a lot more faith here in the Toronto Blue Jays being able to get it done. Though I do think that this is a sneaky good pitching matchup. Stripling has been solid this year. Shane Boss is an up-and-comer out there in the big league, so I did wind up saying my total a little bit lower in this spot, 8.3, despite the bullpen use yesterday. So I'm going to be taking a look at the under, and with the Blue Jays, one to lay up to about a minus 145 with them. So taking a look at the Jays as well, 917-918 on the betting board. The New York Yankees, they hit the red face off against the Cleveland Guardians as Tristan McKenzie is going to be on the bump for the Guardians, and Jordan Montgomery is going to be on the bump for the Yankees. It is your total over and under anywhere between minus 105 and minus 115 with the Yankees. The prices between minus 150 and minus 155 and when it comes to Cleveland you're getting them between plus 135 and plus 145 and when it comes to Jordan Montgomery and company I did when I'm saying the Yankees at a minus 138 I needed at least a plus 138 to take a shot on Cleveland and I have got that with Tristan McKenzie ever since he wound up getting sent down to the minor leagues last season to work on command guy has been doing an absolutely terrific job of not putting guys on cheaply he's been only giving up right around 2.3 walks per nine innings out a little bit of a fear that you've got with the Guardians is the fact that they really had to dive into their bullpen yesterday because they want to give Kirk McCarthy a start. I have no idea why they want to give Kirk McCarthy a start, but they gave Kirk McCarthy a start, and it got so bad that Ernie Clement wound up having to throw an inning for them. But when it comes to this Guardians team, got a bunch of guys that are able to get on base. Going into game two of that double dip, you had pretty much a trio of guys in Josh Naylor, Steven Quad, Amad Rosario, in between about a 268 to 284, and then Jose Ramirez. This guy has been absolutely incredible. 16 home runs. He's been able to supply north of 60 RBI, hitting right around at 295 for this team. Andres Jimenez, he's been able to hit right around a 300. He's got nine home runs this season. Richie Palacios, he's been able to hit about a 255 as well. And then for the New York Yankees, what more could be said about this team? You've got yourself a duo in Aaron Judge and Anthony Rizzo that going into game two of their double dip, 50 home runs as far as the season. The Detroit Tigers as a collective at 42. So that's been absolutely amazing to take a look at Clayber Torres, John Carlos Sain, both of these guys. Double digit amount of formers hitting between about a 245 to a T60 and for Stanton, 19 home runs all by himself. Miguel Anduar is back in the fold for the team. Matt Carpenter is hitting nearly a 300. He wound up having multiple home runs yesterday. Marwan Gonzalez is hitting at 250. Isaiah Canera DJ turned it up on Mayu. They've been solid in for the New York Yankees. They wound up getting a relatively good start out of Garrett Cole. Now, Roldis Chapman, he came into the game yesterday. He did not look good. It looks like he's still dealing with those ailments. So, you probably don't want any part of him. And I don't think they're going to get any part of him. But, Clay Holmes, sub-1 ERA, Bonnie Peralta has been very good for this bunch as well. He's still got a lot of bullpen pieces that you're able to rely upon. Even someone like a Ron Metanacchio, you only want to throw 15 pitches in game one. So, he could conceivably come back in this one as well. And then, you do take a look at Jordan Montgomery. Been very stable home to road. Overall, a 327 ERA, but you take a look at it on a little bit more of a deep dive. 338 road ERA, 319 home ERA, giving up four home runs at home, five home runs on the road. So he gives up a little bit more hard contact when he is on the road, but by and large, 
to be able to do a nice job, be able to keep things held down. Not necessarily the world's biggest swing and miss guy. He's only been able to get right in the neighborhood above 6.8 strikeouts per nine innings, but the 1.6 walks per nine innings has been solid. But I do think that Tristan McKenzie gives this Cleveland Guardians team a fighting chance. And with the Cleveland Guardians, you've got Emmanuel Classe out there in the bullpen. You've also got guys like Sam Antiges along with Eli Morgan that were starters last season, so they're able to lend a little bit of length as well. So I'm willing to take a little bit of plus price here with the Cleveland Guardians. Needed at least a plus 138 personally. And do you mind if saying my total at 8.6? You've got a Guardians team that, even though they only wind up getting right around 0.6 home runs per game at home, they do a good job of being able to get on base. They are the top team in the big leagues in terms of few strikeouts on a per at-bat basis. And you've got a Yankees team that leads the league in runs and home runs. So looking at the over, and I'm going to be taking a look at Cleveland, 919-920. This is going to be the DK Nation pick as the LA Angels hit the road to face off against the Houston Astros. From Valdez is going to be on the bump for the Strohs, and Jose Suarez, he is going to be on the bump for LA. LA is finding themselves as a big underdog, anywhere between plus 180 and plus 185. Meanwhile, with Houston, it's going to be anywhere between minus $2 and minus 210. It is your total. The over and the under are both at minus 110, and have no fear. I would not give you a minus $2 pick or anything like that because, well, that would be pretty much cheating, but we're going to be looking at what we've been looking at quite a bit in this series. We're going to be taking a look at an over with the DK Nation pick because this LA Angels bullpen is absolutely terrible. The guys here we're relying upon in the 7th through ninth inning. Aaron Loop along with Ryan Tapera and Rossi Iglesias. All these guys have north of a 3-6 ERA. Andrew Wants now has a 4 ERA. They wound up getting a relatively okay start in terms of length out of Patrick Sandoval with 5 innings. He gave up 5 runs, but he got 5 innings out of him. And then the bullpen from there just continued to stink it up. Now the LA Angels are sort of mixing and matching towards the bottom of the fold. You're using guys like A. Kurt Suzuki, Andrew Velasquez, David McKinnon, these guys Bearing a 200 or lower, but you still have at the top a quadrant of guys who've all been able to give you a double digit amount of homers, and guys are able to get on base. Taylor Ward, he's got right around 11 to 12 home runs, 400 on base. Mike Trout, 23 home runs, he's hitting a 280, and then Jared Walsh, Otani, in between about a 255 to 265, and all of a sudden Otani has been able to do a good job being able to give you, I believe, now 18 home runs. And for the Houston Astros, Jordan Alvarez wanted to return to the fold yesterday, and this guy has been absolutely incredible all season long. 20 plus home runs, north of a 400 on base. All of a sudden, you've been able get a little bit more towards the bottom of the fold as Chaz McCormick has been able to be able to step it up. Jake Myers is hitting a 275 with the same Yuli Gurriel, Element ECS. They're having a little bit of a tough time, but Jeremy Pena along with Jose Altuve, Kyle Tucker, they're in between about a 262 to a 275. Tucker has been able to give you 15 plus home runs. Jose Altuve, he's been able to give you 16 bombs as well. And for the Houston Astros, this is a bullpen that they're number one in the big leagues in terms of ERA. I do think that there's going to be a little bit of regression to it. You've got Brian Abreu posting up a sub 2-3 ERA. Seth Martinez has a one ERA along with Ryan Stanek, Rafael Montero. He's been able to give you right around a buck 75 ERA. These guys are terrific. I do think that there's going to be a little bit of regression when it comes to that bullpen, though. And then you do take a look at Mr. Jose Suarez, who's going to be able to get the start in. He has just throughout his career and an ERA that's more than a full point higher whenever he is a starter rather than when he's coming out of the bullpen. When this guy comes out of the bullpen, he's actually been very, very solid. But take a look at it thus far this season. He's made three starts on the road, 473 ERA. He's given up five home runs overall in 33 innings. He's also got a walks per nine rate that hovers right around four and a half. And if he can't lend a lot of length, that means that you wind up getting more innings for this terrible bullpen. And for Frember Valdez, he's been rated in a little bit more with the walks. Right around 3.15 walks per nine innings. And he's really keeping the ball in the yard. Five home runs over the course of 95 innings. I do think that there's going to be a little bit of negative regression there as well as his fly balls. The home run rate just been absolutely ridiculous. And for Valdez, he has given up three plus runs in three out of his last four starts. So this is a scenario in which 
I do wind up saying a little bit of higher total. As a matter of fact, I wind up setting it a little bit north of nine. So being able to get an eight, that is going to be the DK Nation pick. I'm looking at the over. I need at least a plus 208 to be able to take a shot on the LA Angels. We did not wind up getting anywhere close to that. Right now, if you're looking at this Astros run line, fighting it at a minus 105, I'm going to lay up to a minus 110 with it because I do think that the Astros are going to be able to tattoo Suarez and this bad bullpen. So the DK Nation pick is on the over, and I'm looking at the Astros laying a run and half on the run line. 921-922 on the betting board. The Baltimore Orioles at third face off against the Minnesota Twins. As Devin Smelter is going to be on the bump for Minnesota. Tyler Wells is going to be on the bump for Baltimore. Baltimore is finding themselves as a underdog at anywhere to plus 145 and plus 150 between minus 158 and minus 170 is your price on Minnesota. 8.5 is your total. Over is minus 115. The under is minus 105. And when it comes to Baltimore, I did wind up saying them as an underdog of plus 156. Need at least a plus 156 to be able to take a shot. We're not finding that, but if you take a look at the run line, right now you're finding the Minnesota Twins right around about a plus 120 to a plus 125. At the plus 125, I am going to be willing to take a shot. I needed at least a plus 125 to be able to take a shot, as a matter of fact. And for Devin Smeltzer, he's been able to come out and he's been able to do a really good job with this Minnesota Twins of just being able to keep the ball in the yard in general and be able to keep things out in front of him. For Devin Smeltzer, he's giving up right around two blocks per nine and he's right in the neighbor about 1.2 home runs per nine as well. Not much of a swing and miss guy. He's only going to be able to give you right around 5.7, 5.8 strikeouts per nine innings. But Taylor Wells, he does a little bit of a better job with regards to the swing and miss, but I mean, it's pretty comparable. He gets a little bit over six strikeouts per nine innings. He's been giving up right around 1.3 home runs per nine innings. And I think we're starting to see a little bit of regression when it comes to this Baltimore or Orioles bullpen now. They've been the best run line team in all of baseball, so you do have your trepidations there, but you wound up seeing Ode Lopez and Dylan Tate wind up getting used up for 16 and 17 pitches respectively yesterday, and they wound up combining to give up three runs and pretty much an ending of work, so that is a little bit of an issue. Felix Batista out of the four guys with a sub 2-5 ERA for the Baltimore Orioles that consistently see innings. I mean, those are three guys, and those three guys wanted getting used up yesterday, so that does wind up hurting a little bit, and for Wells, he wanted coming out of the bullpen last season, and I mean, this year he's been stretched out a little bit more, and he's been terrific down the stretch. He's given up a combined two earned runs over the course of his last three starts, but he still just has not been able to necessarily lend a whole bunch of length. He has won five innings or fewer in three out of his last five starts, so you do have your issues there, and this is a Minnesota Twins team that they do an absolutely amazing job will be able to get on base. Headline by Luis Rye sitting right around at 345 for this bunch. And then past that, you got a lot of guys that they do a nice job of be able to sort of table set for this team as you've got Ore Palanco, Alex Kurloff, Max Kepler, Jose Miranda, and in between about a 237 to a 247 pass set, Nick Gorn, Gio Rochelle, and then Abert about a 265 by Aaron Buxton. Has been able to for a lot of average, but 21 home runs, a home run every 10 or so at bats has been incredible for this team. The Minnesota Twins, not a great bullpen, not a terrible bullpen. Gerald Cotton has been able to give you right around 3 or 8. Euron Duran, he currently leads the big leagues in terms of pitches thrown at 100 plus miles per hour, and then you got Emilio Pagan, who's not necessarily too good. Caleb Theobar, he's had his issues as well, but you do take a look at the Baltimore Orioles, and the way that they just have not been able to generate a lot of offense. This is a team that they have scored three runs or fewer in now four out of their last five games. And the Twins, they have allowed three runs or fewer in now nine out of their last 12 games. You do have guys for the Baltimore Orioles that are able to get on base for you, though. Trey Boomer Mancini throwing their Ryan Mountcastle, Austin the Sayers kid. These guys are in between about a 275 to 280. But really, other than Anthony Sandaner, who's been able to give you 15 home runs, you don't have a single guy that's been able to give you 13 plus. Cedric Mullins has been able
they would ride around a 300 over the last three days has been solved, but at the bottom of the fold, Robinson Chirinos, Ode Mateo, Tyler Nevin, along with Renan Dador, they're in a 200 lower, though. You do have a guy in Mateo who's been able to give you nearly 20 stolen bases, but I'm seeing a little bit of regression coming in for this Baltimore Orioles bullpen. That has been a little bit of an issue, and I do think that Devin Spelzer going to come out. He's going to be able to do his job, though. I do think that the Orioles are going to see a little bit more of a boom in terms of their offense because they're a little bit more of a contact team at Devin Spelzer. He's not a guy that's going to go out there and give you a lot of swings and misses. So I do wind up saying my total at a 9.3. I think that the ball is going to be flying a little bit more during the daytime as well. So I'm going to be taking a look at the over in this spot. And with the Twins, as long as I'm getting the plus 125 or greater on the run line, I'm going to be willing to take that as well. 923-924 on the betting board. Got the Seattle Mariners. They're going to be playing O.C. Oakland A's. It's one. Frankie Montas is going to be going for the A's. And Robbie Ray is on the bump for Seattle. Seattle's finding themselves in between a minus 140 to a minus 145 favorite. And with Oakland, you're going to be getting them in between plus 125 and plus 132 with 7 being your total under is minus 120 and the over is even. I did mind saying my total at a 6.8. So 7 is the max ammo to take with regards to the under, but I'm going to be willing to take a look at the under, and when it comes to this Seattle Mariners team, want to lay up to a minus 148 with them, seeing them right around about a minus 140 to a minus 145. I'm going to be willing to lay it because Robbie Ray, he has actually been amazing for this team recently. Very silently, Robbie Ray has had the best stretch of the season that I mean, I can really remember two runs allowed over the course of his last four starts, and he has won a combined 27 innings in those last four starts, so he has been doing a great job there, and a big reason why he has been able to lower the walks. He has given up just seven walks in those 27 innings. The deep ball has always been a bugaboo for him. He's given up 14 home runs in 97 and two-thirds innings, zero home runs allowed in his last four starts. His swing and miss stuff, I mean, it's still been solid, but it's not like he's been just off the charts with that, and he doesn't need to be. He's getting right around nine and a half to ten strikeouts per nine innings. If he could continue to do that, that'll be solid. And he's been much better in Seattle rather than on the road as well. 245 home ERA compared to a 554 ERA on the road. And opponents are a buck 75 off of him in Seattle as well. And then you take a look at Frankie Montas and talk about a guy that is right now just getting no breaks whatsoever. He has made 10 quality starts this season where he winds up going six plus innings, giving up three runs or fewer. And the Oakland A's have went two and eight in those. I mean, it's just absolutely mind-blowing. He has gotten approximately one run of support in each out of his last three starts. Like his last start, he goes out, he pitches six innings, he gives up two runs against the New York Yankees, and they lose two to one. It's just really sad what has been happening here. Because with Montas, he has been worse on the road than he has been on the at home. 267 for 68 road ERA, but I mean, he's given the team a shot. He's given up less than home run per nine innings, right around 2.3 walks per nine, strikeouts per nine, right around nine and a half, and yet, this is an Oakland A's team that they just can't find any offense whatsoever. You take a look at all the players that got an at-bat yesterday, nobody hitting above a 250 for this team. Sheldon Noisy is starting to get back up to a 250 batting average, but I mean, boy, oh boy. You've got Tony Kemp, Seth Brown, Steven Vogt, a bunch of guys hitting a below 220 batting average. Seth Brown is the only guy that's got a double-digit amount of homers. Stephen Piscotti is hitting at 220. And for the Seattle Mariners, even with Ty France out of the fold, at the very least, we've got something for the team. J.P. Crawford has been out with injury as well. So we do have a couple of dead bats out there as well as Dylan Moore, along with Justin Upton, Abraham Toro, Cal Raleigh, Carlos Santana. All these guys are hitting about a 215 or lower, but Enio Suarez, even though the batting average is just a 235, nearly a 330 on base, 13 home runs. And then Julio Rodriguez, he's hitting a 275. He's been able to go deep 13 times as far as the season for the Seattle Mariners. Bullpen is starting to pick it up. Eric Swanson, Pam Murphy have been able to give you a sub-250 ERA. Now, you've had guys like 
a Andres Munoz that have just not been able to develop for the scene, but Diego Castillo sub three ERA over the last three days, and for the Oakland A's, after their bullpen was actually relatively solid in the first, I will call it, month and a half of the season, things have started to really regress with them. You've got a pair of guys in Sam Mall, Avante J. Puck, who have a sub three ERA, but you're relying upon Lou Trevino, Kirby Sneed, a pair of guys with north of a six ERA, Austin Pruitt, is your long guy. He's got a 5-ERA. Domingo Acevedo has been a little bit up and down, but I think that this is just a case of which Frankie Montas is going to be able to give a good start, but Robbie Ray is probably going to give one that's a little bit better, and the Oakland A's, they just can't put Pat ball in this spot. So I did buy him saying my total is 6.8 and a 7. I'm looking at the under, and I'm willing to lay up to a minus 148 here with the Mariners. So going Amazon, going under 925-926 on the main board. You've got the Texas Rangers on the road against the New York Mets as one Carlos Carrasco is going to be going for the Mets, and 55 shades of John Gray is on the bump for the Rangers. 8.5 is your total. Under is minus 115. The over is minus 105. And with the Mets, you're going to be getting them between minus 138 and minus 145. Between plus 125 and plus 130 is your price on Texas. And with Texas, I need at least a plus 160 to be able to take a shot here. I do like the New York Mets here because Carlos Carrasco has been able to do a very good job of just not beating himself. Being able to make good pitches and he has been rock solid whenever he's been in New York thus far this season. Now for Carrasco, he has a 485 ERA overall. That's not necessarily too terrific, but 388 home ERA, 611 ERA on the road. And for Carrasco, he has been giving up a walks per nine rate right around about a 2.4. His strikeouts per nine, that is at nine as well. Opponents have just been hitting him quite well. 273 opponents batting average for the Texas Rangers. It has been a team that has been able to do a nice job of being able to barrel guys up recently. Marcus Simeon has been able to come into his own. He's been able to give the team a pair of home runs over the last week. But, I mean, you take a look at the batting averages of a lot of these guys. You've got Simeon along with Corey Seager throwing there. Someone like a Cole Calhoun. These guys are in between about a 225 to a 242. Ada Lee's Garcia has been amazing. Over the last three days, eight home runs, hitting a 300. He's been able to about a 255 overall this season. Josh Smith, he's been able to about a 270. Jonah Heim. And really, the catcher spot in general has been solid for the Rangers. The bullpen has been good. Then as Santana wound up getting used up yesterday, he's got a sub-2 ERA, but you've had Brock Burke be able to give you a sub-2 ERA. Matt Moore, Joe Barlow, sub-3 ERA of their own. And for the New York Mets, it can be a little bit up and down. Drew Smith has been able to give you some good innings. He's been able to give you a sub-3 ERA. They pretty much had to use a bullpen-ish game yesterday with the way that Trevor Williams wanted pitching, but I do think that Carrasco is going to be able to give you some relatively solid innings in this spot, and because things wound up going so bad for them, you were actually able to get a little bit of what rest for guys like an Edwin Diaz, a company that you're going to need a little bit further down the stretch, and for the New York Mets, this is a team that they rank in the top five in terms of batting averages. You've got Pete Alonso, Brandon Nimmo, you're able to throw in there Luis Galorme, only between about a 275 to a 295, and for Mr. Pete Alonso, he has been amazing at being able to go deep for this team. 22 home runs as far as the season. Francisco Lindor over 50 RBI. Eduardo Escobar, home run in back-to-back games for him as well. Marcan has been in a little bit of a funk, but still has been able to give you right around a 355 on base as well. And then you've got Sterling Marte of the Marte Parte hitting right around a 280. And for John Gray, swinging miss stuff has certainly been there for him thus far this season. He's been able to get right around 10 strikeouts per nine innings, but for his career, whenever he's pitched away from Coors Field, his first couple of years of his career were spent out there in Colorado. Has an ERA that is right around about a 4-5. And this year, um, on the road, 405 ERA. He's given up just four home runs and 53 and a third innings on the road, but the walks are a big thing. Right around four walks per nine innings. Bonus overall hit a 221 off of them, but the command not necessarily meeting there. That is a little bit of a concern. I do think that this is a Mets bullpen that, with a lot of their more trustworthy pieces being out there, are going to be able to do a little bit more of a solid job. And I do think that Gray is coming into his own a little bit, and I think that Carlos Carrasco, just a much better pitcher at home than on the road in a pitcher-friendly ballpark in New York. So I did wind up saying my total at an eight here at the eight and a half. I'm looking under and want to lay up to a minus 160 or the Mets 
Pirates. Don't really want the run line, but I do want the money line here. 927-928 on the betting board. The Boston Red Sox at the red face off against the Chicago Cubs. It is to be determined for the Boston Red Sox, and Keegan Thompson is going to be on the bump for the Cubs' own numbers up on this game. Right now, I'm seeing Connor Siebel perhaps being able to get the start. He wound up getting a start on Monday against the Blue Jays, so this would be his turn in the rotation. And if it is Siebel against Keegan Thompson, I'm willing to set the Red Sox as a minus-114 favorite and made my total a 9.6 for a 9.5 or less. I'd be taking a look at an over and a 10 or higher. I'd be taking a look at an under, obviously, subject to a lot of change there. And if we do wind up getting a bullpen game for the Boston Red Sox, it would pretty much be an even Stevens sort of price there with Siebel at the minor league level. This guy actually did a very good job this season. You take a look at his first start against the Blue Jays, and I mean, we can call him inquiry because he wound up getting smoked, but it's also a case in which you're going up against a very, very good level of competition there as well with Siebel. He's a guy that is able to give you quite a bit of good swing and miss stuff. The walks have always been a little bit of an issue with him, so that's something to point out, but if you do wind up getting into this bullpen of the Boston Red Sox, we've got quite a few guys that have been able to do a relatively solid job. Austin Davis has been able to give you a sub 2-5 ERA. Tanner Oak has really been able to do a good job as a closer for this team, and if needed, you're able to get multiple innings out of him. Jake Diekman has been able to give you good innings down the stretch as well, and for the Boston Red Sox, you've got that quadrant at the top that is doing an absolutely amazing job of being able to get on base as Jaron Duran, Xander Bogarts, J.D. Martinez, Rafael Devers are all hitting a 310 or greater, and for Devers, 17 home runs as far as the season. Trevor Story needs to pick it up in terms of his batting average, hitting just a 225, but 12 home runs out of him. Alex Verdugo has been hitting well above a 300 over the last three days. Franchi Cordero, he's out up to a 260 batting average as well, and then for the Chicago Cubs, you've got a team that has been able to get on base, as you've got Ian App along with Wilson Contreras, Christopher Morrell, along with whenever he's been out there, Nick Madrigal, along between about a 280 to a 290, but really you don't have a ton of power with this team other than Wilson Contreras and Patrick Wisdom. Nobody's been able to give you more than 8 home runs as far this season, and for Wisdom, 16 home runs, but with that said, you've also got a guy that is on pace to strike out more than 200 times this season. Rafael Ortega has been able to do a relatively solid job of being able to get on base as well, but when you take a look at this Cubs team, the bullpen has been a hot mess, and that's putting it as politely as I can put it, and with Ron Wick, Scott Efres, both of these guys, posting up north of a 5 ERA over the last 30 days, and over the last 30 days, this is a team that just overall, they've got an ERA that is hovering right around a 6. You've had Michael Gibbons not be able to give you a bunch of good innings. Daniel Norris has been terrible whenever he's been out there, so you've got just so many issues. When it comes to the Chicago Cubs bullpen, though, I will say for Keegan Thompson, after he wound up having a couple rough starts, he has been able to bounce back recently. Overall this season, a 334 ERA, and he has been able to amass 7 wins. He's been significantly better at Wrigley rather than on the road. 213 home ERA compared to a 540 ERA in the road, giving up just one home run and 42 and a third innings. So it looks like the wind is going to be right around 5 to 8 miles per hour in this one. Going to be blowing out just a tad, but it shouldn't necessarily be the world's biggest factor. So we've got a relatively neutral ballpark with regards to a wind factor here at Wrigley. So this is a case which a 9.5 or less looking over a 10 or higher to the under if we wind up getting Seabold and Thompson. And if we wind up getting a bullpen game for the Red Sox, probably going to be something similar. And with Seabold, I wind up setting him a minus 114. Going to change it a little bit with a bullpen game, but should be relatively similar there. And we wrap things up with 929-930 on the bang board. It's going to be the Chicago White Sox on the road against the San Francisco Giants. The Giants are going to be utilizing a bullpen game. We don't know who the opener is going to be at this point, and Lucas Giolito is going to be on the bump for the White Sox. Typically, when the Giants have a bullpen game, Sammy Long winds up getting the start, and if you do wind up getting Sammy Long against Lucas Giolito, it is going to be a case in which I'm going to be making the Giants a minus 141 favorite, and 
when it comes to what you're going to be getting in terms of a total, I would be setting it at an 8.7 to where an 8.5 or less, I'd be taking a look at the over and a 9 or higher. I would be taking a look at the under end with Sammy Long. He's actually been very good as a opener for the team, and he's capable of being able to give you three innings. Now, it's a Giants bullpen that has been a little bit touch and go thus far this season as you wind up having quite a few guys like Jake McGee wind up struggling towards the beginning of the season, Tyler Rogers as well. But Tyler Rogers has been able to rein it in recently. He's got a sub 3.5 ERA over the last 30 days. So that is something that you're able to rely upon. And for Sammy Long, what I mentioned, probably going to be the opener in this game. 27 innings across his 16 total games, but he's been able to go three plus innings a few times as posted up a two ERA. So he's been able to do a solid job there. And then by end of you've got John Brebbia, who's been able to give you a sub 270 ERA, Dominic Leon. Jarlon Garcia, they're also in that fold. And for the San Francisco Giants, you've only got one guy that's been able to give you a double-digit bound of formers in Jock Peterson, but you've got a lot of guys that have been able to get on base as a Jock show. He's been able to hit right around at 275 for the team, but then pass that Joey Vossler, Tommy LaStella, Evan Longoria, they're all in between about a 250 to a 265. Kirk Caselli and the catcher spot in general, along with guys like a Wilmer Flores, Mike Ustramski, they're all in between about a 235 to a 245. So you've got good balance across the board. And for the Chicago White Sox at the top, Andrew Vaughn has been able to 300 for the team. Tim Anderson, he's hitting more like a 350. And Luis Robert, along with Jose Abreu, both of these guys are doing a very solid job of being able to get on base. And as a matter of fact, you just take a look at what you've been able to get out of Jose Abreu in the last 30 days. And it has been absolutely incredible as this guy has been able to in that time span right around a 340 with a 430 on base now. The power numbers have not been there with the White Sox. This is a team that they find themselves in the bottom six in the big leagues in terms of home runs, and they just hit left-handed pitching so much better than they wind up hitting right-handed pitching. As against lefties, this is a team that's hitting right around about a 290 thus far this season, and against righties, they're hitting more like a 240. So, very demonstrative home run road splits there, and you do have a couple guys at the bottom, like a Yohan Moncada, Gavin Sheets, Lori Garcia, hitting a 225 or lower. So, that's a little bit of an issue, and what else is an issue for the Chicago White Sox just the pitching in general because Lucas Giolito, he has been really having a rough go of it. His velocity has been down a little bit and we've seen it with his performance. He has given up three runs or more in five out of his last six starts. Honestly, not too bad of a start last time out against the Angels, giving up two runs over the course of six innings, but I mean, his swing and miss stuff, three punch outs were fewer in three out of his last five games. Uncharacteristic of him. Overall, still getting right around 10 and a half strikeouts per nine innings, but his home runs per nine rate hovers in the neighborhood about two. Walks are starting to manifest themselves. 3.7 walks per nine innings. with Liam Hendricks out of the fold for the same deal with an injury. You really don't have a lot of guys that are trustworthy in this bullpen. Matt Foster now is north of a 5-year H.O. Kelly. He's got north of a 7-year A. Jimmy Lambert is someone that you really don't want to be having a lot of faith in. Jose Ruiz, he's been able to rein it in a little bit more. 425 ERA overall this season and over the last three days, 320-70 ERA, but not a guy that I want to be messing with either. So this will be a case in which if we do wind up getting Sammy Long as the opener, I'd be setting the San Francisco Giants as a minus 141 favorite on the money line, on the run line. I would need at least a plus 140 to be able to take a shot there. And this would be a case in which an 8.5 or less, I'd be taking a look at an over and a 9 or higher to the under with the way that the Giants bullpen has regrets with having Buster Posey not being able to call games for them. And, well, just in general, the Chicago White Sox not getting good pitching. And that will wrap things up for the Sunday edition of the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. And if you do like hearing from this fine podcast, the Baseball Betting Show, you're able to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. And if you've got a question, comment, segment idea, whatever you for this podcast, 
you've got one or two ways to be able to throw this in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at Janet underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters CM. Leave me does not matter. Size for usual. Please just send these into the timeline. Other way, sign an Apple Podcast review. If you do rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, you're able to fire whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. Five that five star review. Coming at you guys every single day throughout the baseball season, which means I'll be coming at you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.